Hey, everybody. What's up, y'all? Thank you for downloading We Got This with Mark and Hal. Uh, we have a lot of exciting stuff going on that we just wanted to touch on real quick before we start the episode. This coming Thursday, if you live in Los Angeles, come up or down or from whichever direction you're coming to Sherman Oaks to Booty Works because Hal and I are going to be discussing the all-time greatest exercise move. There's a lot of them. Is, is it going to be push-ups? Is it going to be jumping jacks? Is it going to be just st- standing up from a chair? Oh, that's yeah. my, that's the workout that, that's about my intensity <laughs> of workout. But so if we can do it, you know, you can do it. Yes. This, that's about as intense as this workout's going to get, but there is going to be a mini workout after we're going to, uh, Sydney Benner, our guest who created the flight fitness program is going to take us all through a super fun, uh, quick workout afterwards. So come dress to work out. It's totally free. Uh, and we have four great sponsors. We've got, uh, food sponsors. We've got, uh, booze sponsors, as mentioned before, that has gotten some, uh, some conversation going. Our, uh, kale infused vodka. Uh, which is actually very good. Um, uh-huh. look, you don't drink. You don't. You, this is true. I can't tell you either way. You can't tell me whether it might it's be great. Good or not. It's great. Yeah. I believe you. Um, but <laughs> it's going to be a great time. So please come on down to Booty Works in Sherman Oaks. Uh, we're going to start at seven, uh, with some, uh, hors d'oeuvres and cocktails in the front. And, um, don't get too drunk because you're going to do a little. That's how easy this mini workout is going to be is you can do it after having a sip of vodka. Yeah. Uh, well, also, if you cannot be in Los Angeles on Thursday night, that's the 15th, mm-hmm. uh, you can get on our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. We're going to try to stream the recording of this episode. We're also going to try to audio record it. Yes. So that we can put it out at a later date. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming all that's going to work out and you will It'll be able work. to see it and will work out as well. Yeah. So that's the show. Uh, also coming up the week after that, the Friday, uh, Saturday and Sunday, that's the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Mark and I will be in Pensacola, Florida for Pensacon. Uh, there are still passes available as far as I know. Uh, our producer Ken Plume will be there as well. We're going to do a live show with Steve Agee as our special guest. That's right. Uh, and it's really like, it's such a fun time that con. We were there last year. Uh, Mike and Kat and Steve and their whole crew really put together a fantastic con in an area that is underserved. Uh, in terms of what the fan community has access to, it's going to be a great time. You can go to Pensacon.com for info. This is how cool Pensacon is. Um, the small airport that services Pensacon, uh, airport, uh, PNS yes. for Pensacon, for sure. Pensacon. Uh huh. Um, it, they, uh, the town goes all in on this. Do you remember this last year? They had every gate was a different famous ship. So you're not going to like gate B3, you're going to the Millennium Falcon or you're going to the Serenity or yeah. so it's, it's really fun the way that they do this whole thing. Yeah, it is awesome. Uh, come check it out if you're anywhere in that area. All you Gulf Coaster people of the world. That's right. This includes my father. That's right. Yeah. Pop, Papa Gags is coming. That's right. The good doctor is, uh, no, he's not. He's going to be in Belize. No, of I course know. he is. He's I your dad. Know. He's going to be in Belize. Papa Gags is going to be in Belize. It's my brother's 40th birthday, so they're going to go to Belize. Oh. I am not. I'm going to be going to Pensacon. Because, because you care. I care, and I want to, I want to meet everybody that wants to come out. And you're wanted in Belize. Also, I'm wanted in Belize. Please enjoy. We got this with Mark and Hal. Yo no quiero ir a Belize. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Harrison Ford Roll. 
That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. It's India or Han. I know it's India or Han. You Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the show. We've already said this because you've listened to the pre-roll. You have to listen to the pre-roll. Yes. You you know, you you listen to the theme song. You know the topic is Best right. and Ford Roll. This was suggested by Barry Wallace. What's Thank up, you, Barry, Barry Wallace? Thank you for the suggestion. And yes, it comes down to Indy versus Han, but I thought it might be fun for the first half of this episode or or some of the first, first half. half. Some of it. Ugh. The guy's the guy has been in show business in films for over 50 years. Good for him. 52 years. Like, I want to have the lifestyle that Harrison Ford has where everyone wants you to be in their movie. And if you want to do the movie, you get on your helicopter from your ranch in Montana. You fly <laughs> to Hollywood and do the movie. And then you get back in your helicopter and go ride horses for the rest of the day. That is uh, that is the ideal life. He Harrison Ford is one of those guys who has transcended the idea that he's an actor Mm-hmm. He's just an icon. Right. He's an icon because of the character. He's still a he very plays. good actor. Yeah, yeah, he is. I think uh, what I was going to say is, is that perception of him, mm-hmm. I think clouds people's judgment. It's hard to look at his performances from an acting perspective. Right. Because the, the man has transcended, uh, the, the idea of Harrison Ford, he's transcended sort of any role he can be in at this point. And he still mm-hmm. does a good job. But you look at it and you go, hey, look, Indiana Jones is is in that Blade Runner sequel. And I know he's playing uh <laughs> I know he's playing Rick uh was it Rick Deckard? Yeah, but for the it, second time, but you still see it as like, hey, Indiana Jones, Han Solo. You, see, we, I don't think of, I don't think of Harrison Ford in that way as the icon. I think of those characters right. as icons. I think he is the actor that I mean to to some extent, yes, in that he can Get on a helicopter from Montana and fly to Hollywood. Um, <laughs> but he lit, so because his lifestyle is the, it's not the lifestyle of an actor. It's the lifestyle of a movie icon. Right. But I don't, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't necessarily see Indy or Han because he is so iconic in those roles. And I don't even think of them when I think of Indiana Jones and Han Solo, I actually think of them as two vastly different roles. Yes. So I don't like the Venn diagram crosses. At Harrison Ford, but I don't feel like it's two circles that are terribly close together. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I think I'm more – he's sort of like a, a De Niro or – Pacino's become a little bit more of a chameleon in his older age because they mm-hmm. put him in a lot of makeup. But and, he, and he, now he only plays yeah. – uh, he only plays characters that were real-life people. Right. He's and, the and- Chadwick Boseman of old Italians. <laughs> 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 Next, he's going to play Old Panther. <laughs> I can't wait for that. <laughs> oh, I got this suit. Oh, this animatium suit. Oh, oh, oh what's, what's going on in Wakanda? <laughs> oh, uh, Avengers. <laughs> I, I mean it like he – De Niro is – young Vito Corleone is obviously different than mm-hmm. the character – than Jake LaMotta, who is different than the character he plays in Meet the Parents, whose right. name I cannot remember. But it's still, it's always Robert De Niro. He's Robert De Niro. Yeah. So you look at him in the movie and go, "Hey, that's Robert De Niro." Yeah. And and that that can make it difficult to to watch, no matter how good a job they're doing. There's always a part of your brain that goes, "That's 
that's Robert De Niro. That's Harrison Ford. Yeah. He's he's responsible for two of the most iconic characters in pop culture in the last 100 years. He he's, is, he's played both of yes. them. Yes. I think he is one-third responsible for each sure. of those characters. Sure. That is director and production team is a third, the writer's a third, and the actor's a third. That's fair. However, if – if Tom Selleck had taken the role of Indiana Jones, you've and seen. Have you seen the uh, the tra- the footage of that? Yes, it's wonderful. If if he had, and uh-huh. he, I'm sure he would have been wonderful. Do you think we would be sitting here talking about best Tom Selleck role and having? Sure, it be we'd be doing role? Magnum PI versus <laughs> Indiana, Indiana Jones versus uh, Doctor Richard from Friends. Yeah, versus the uh, blonde news anchor from In and Out. The uh, the <laughs> Tom Hanks Oscar speech inspired. Kevin Klein movie. Oh, right. That's right. Uh, also versus Captain Blue Bloods. Yes. Versus um, – oh, wait. Now I'm getting into the Kevin Klein overview. <laughs> I know. See? I was going to say the Pirate King. No, no, no. That was I just got off a Kevin Klein tip. I'm just saying like the, the idea that he played that character. Right. That is very important. Mm-hmm. And there are times where all three parts combine and they turn out something fantastic, but it's not on this level. Where it right. just catches fire. And obviously, if Raiders of the Lost Ark had been a bad film, we wouldn't be talking about it either. And speaking of bad films, okay. let's talk about the Harrison Ford roles that are not going to make the list of two. <laughs> are, are you? When you said that, <laughs> I had a movie that immediately came into my head. Okay. And it was Six Days, Seven Nights. Was that what came into your head? That's the Anne Heche. That's where he met yes. Anne Heche, right? Yes. In which uh, he plays Quinn Harris. He's a pilot. He's a bush pilot. Not mm-hmm. a bush pilot. He's a, like an island hopper. And oh, yeah. They, where they, he plays a pilot who Harris is part of his name. Yeah. Sure. Big stretch there, Ford. Big stretch. <laughs> Is that uh, the stretch in acting to be able to answer to a different name? Yeah. That's why I don't trust any TV show where the lead character has the same name. Yeah. You're Jim Belushi. You're not Jim whatever last name they made up for you on that show called According to Jim. By those rules, is Seinfeld clear because he plays Jerry Seinfeld on that show? Exactly. That's okay. Yep. And Larry David plays Larry David. That's right. Yeah. Okay. If they had him play, if they was just Larry David being Larry David, but they called him Larry Davis, <laughs> like <laughs> that kind of stuff drives me crazy. Jerry Steinfeld is here. Yeah. <laughs> uh. What? So, what were you thinking of as a bad? Like, what was Mary Tyler Moore's character's actual name on the show? She was Mary Richards? Right. But the show was called The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Yes. But they just changed. You know what? Let's not. This is a. She didn't play a Mary on The Dick Van Dyke Show, though. Her character wasn't named Mary there. No, she did not. And neither did Dick Van Dyke. No. He played. uh, He played Rob. Rob. Which was Carl Reiner's son's name. Yes. Do you think Carl Reiner really wanted Dick Van Dyke to be his son? Wouldn't you? Right over Rob Reiner. I don't know. This is Spinal Tap is so good. It is. Look, I'm not. I'm not talking down Rob Reiner. Right. I'm saying, wouldn't it be cool if Dick Van Dyke was your son? Sure. Even now. Yeah. Can you imagine if he like? I mean, it isn't. He's even hobble. He just moves slowly. He yeah. still dances and stuff. If he he's still Dick he's Van like, Dyke. Hey, Dad. And he's a doctor. Uh huh. I saw Diagnosis Murder. He's in medicine. Let's talk about Harrison Ford. He's an evil museum security <laughs> guard. Don't spoilers Whoops. for those who haven't seen Night at the Museum. Well, sorry you've 
just woken up from a very long sleep. Yes. Uh, let's, okay. Do you want to just talk, instead of going through every one of his roles, first of all, do you know the first appearance he ever had in a film? American Graffiti? Incorrect. Oh, no, I don't. Dead Heat in a Merry-Go-Round. He plays the bellhop and he says, paging Mr. Ellis. That is his line. He's in the full bellhop uniform. He's got the little rounded top, flat top hat. Was the paging Mr. Herman? Mr. Herman. Was that a, uh, in, in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, was that an homage, I guess? I think the idea of paging people, like, it, it wasn't an homage to Dead Heat on a Merry-Go-Round. It was, it was, it was more of an homage to the idea of paging people. Now I want my license plate to say, page me. <laughs> Isn't that what your candy hearts say that you sell? Cause you got them, you yeah. bought them in 1992 to resell exactly. them. Yeah. Page me, fax me, beep for you. Oh my God. Did and then I don't a- even know how they spelled this, but one of them was just, <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a pager? No, I never had a pager. My mom always said pagers are for doctors and drug dealers. Yeah, I think we, you and I are both just old enough mm-hmm. that having pagers wasn't a thing. Like now kids have cell phones then. Right. Uh, just businessmen and kids and ne'er-do-wells had, had, uh, pagers. Yeah, I was, I, so I got a cell phone, uh, like by the time I was a teenager. Right. Uh, everybody, everybody was starting to get cell phones. Yes. But these were like, you know, very quaint cell phones by modern standards. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I didn't ever need a pager. Yeah. They, we yeah. did have 1-800-COLLECT. Sure. Do you remember 1-800-COLLECT? Yes. You would call from a payphone and then they would say, so that the person on the other end of the phone would know your name. Uh, it was like, please state your name after the beep. Beep. Mom, come pick me up. <laughs> and then they wouldn't accept the charges. Yeah. You never did. This was like a very common thing. I remember hearing people I, talking about doing that. I like. definitely know that trick. Yeah. I just hadn't thought about it in a long time because I would just make the collect call. I'd be like, I'm not paying for it. Collect call. The, <laughs> I'm collect calling my parents, but like from school. Yeah. I just go to the pay phone. I have a, a collect call. I like to collect call and then give the number. Like, who is it? How? And then you have to wait. Somebody's job mm-hmm. was to then make a call on your behalf mm-hmm. and connect the two of you. Yeah. Like it's one thing to be at a switchboard operating. It's another thing like, all right, cheapo, I'll make the call for you too. Yeah. You now wanna- you know what? Now we've moved beyond that and come full circle again. Now we have movie pass and it's, okay, cheapo, <laughs> you go stand near a theater and I'll buy you a movie ticket. I'll say it's okay. Yeah. Go ahead. You can buy your movie. Hey, uh, now. movie pass mom. Can I go see this? No. No, you can't. That movie has violence in it. <laughs> You're going to see Coco again. Oh, oh I've seen Coco like nine. It's great, but I've seen it like nine times. Go see Coco. <laughs> your movie pass is really strict. Yeah, I know. You can only see Coco with a movie pass. I had two movie passes and they got divorced. So one of them lets me see whatever I want. <laughs> It also wants me to call its girlfriend Cheryl mom, which is a whole other thing. It's being worked out in therapy. We're getting far afield. We are. Let's talk about Harrison Ford. Yeah, let's talk about Harrison Ford. I, I just want to throw out some roles of his. First mm-hmm. of all, you mentioned um, American Graffiti. Right. In which he plays Falfa, mm-hmm. the, the, cowboy, the cowboy the cowboy drag racer. Yeah. That Dude, was that's a, a cool character. That's him just driving around in a cowboy hat wanting to race people. And it's an important role in that it introduced him to George Lucas, mm-hmm. who brought him in as a reader for the Star Wars auditions and later cast him as Han Solo. There you go. Not Obviously not going to make it to the final three, but also a really good uh, role. Um, 
let's see. Here's here's another one. This one I think is we're not going to go through all of them, right? No. This is just a few. I'm just going to cherry ones. pick a few. I mm-hmm. I think that his performance in this movie proved that he was capable of comedy more than any other movie that he's made since. What's that? The Frisco Kid. Have you ever seen The Frisco? Uh, I have not. It is a Gene Wilder movie mm-hmm. in which he plays a rabbi, I think, from Poland, mm-hmm. um, who comes to America to to meet his bride, and he's going to become the rabbi of a congregation in San Francisco. He lands in New York, immediately loses everything, and Harrison Ford is a cowboy who winds up guiding him across the country. Did Gene and Wilder write this? He did. He did write this. And it's a really, it's a really fun movie and it's a really fun role and a little different than stuff he would do later. Mm. This was in 79. So this was in 79. Post Star Wars, pre Indiana Jones. Yes. Um, and it's a really, really fun role. I just, it's worth watching. Is there one that you want to throw out that you think is worth talking about? There is, but not for the reason you would think. Okay. Um, and that's regarding Henry. Okay. Regarding Henry, if I'm uh, correct, was uh, about a man who was involved in an accident and is he's shot in the head during the a head. during a convenience store robbery. Great, and has to come back. He has to, from that. Yes, he, he loses his memory. Mm-hmm. He has to relearn everything. He was mm-hmm. a callous man beforehand. He didn't have a relationship with his daughter. He was cheating on his wife, and this he he is rebuilt as a new, more innocent person, and has to figure out. Where he fits in everything and who he is. Right. Uh, uh, by all accounts, an excellent acting turn from yeah. Harrison Ford. The reason I wanted to bring it up is because the only thing I remember about that movie is about the same time that that movie came out. I remember the poster for this, uh, was, it was a Net Bennings, or it was a uh, Harrison Ford's face. Right. With a Net Bennings profile right next to his face. Like Simon and Garfunkel. Right. Um, there was a movie that came out at roughly the same time. I see how you could get confused, but at my local video store, there was an extra room in the back that I wasn't allowed to go in as a kid. Uh-oh. And yet, they would have posters out in front for the movies, the new releases that they were advertising in there. Right. Um, And there was a movie that the poster was a gentleman's face, like much like Harrison Ford. It looked the same. And then, instead of Annette Benning's face right next to it, a bare butt. <laughs> and the movie was called Regarding Heine. <laughs> I tried to find the poster for it today. It does not <laughs> exist online. I cannot find it. I'm so sorry. Oh, you know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just remember anytime I think of Regarding Henry, that image for some reason stuck in my head as a kid. Because even then I was like, that is a hilarious poster. And the people who are expecting some adult entertainment, it's really just a butt painting Ritz cracker boxes. <laughs> That's all it is. It's very similar. It's very faithful. It just sure. happens to have a bare butt. Yeah. There's just a butt that goes everywhere. Yeah. yeah like, and it's always right next to his face. Yes. Uh, let's talk uh, very briefly about Dr. Richard Kimball. Oh, the yes. Remake of The Fugitive. This Which was, was great. And this movie was nominated. I always forget this. This movie, I think, was nominated for Best Picture. Was it? It was a really great movie, mostly because of Tommy Lee Jones in that movie. I mean, Harrison Ford is great. Yes. His Richard Kimball is brooding and, uh, you know, mumbly, but righteous and 
He's, he's and tough and frazzled. He's a frantic, not the Dr. Richard Walker frantic that he made. Uh, that was the Roman Polanski movie in 1988. Ooh, we're not gonna, that's not gonna No, win. we're not touching that one. Uh, but he's, he had, there's a frenzied performance mm-hmm. to him because he's still, you know, he never really gets the opportunity to, to grieve his wife. He's right. constantly on the run. He's a troubled dude in this movie. Yeah. And he, he plays it really, really mm-hmm. well. Again, a, a great role, not an iconic role. Right. If we were an iconic role, I think, for Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, absolutely. That's the movie that blew that guy up or back into up, right? That's the thing, back into up with Tommy Lee Jones. (laughs) Have you seen Blade Runner? No, I've not. I'm a terrible person. I'm going to. I saw the original. You know what? No, that's not true. I did see it. You've seen it. But I was like 13 when I saw it. All right. I'm going to. I'm just going to throw my opinion out there. Mm -hmm. I, I did not enjoy this movie. The original? Yes, I think it looks beautiful. You cannot mm-hmm. argue that it isn't shot beautifully and designed really well. Mm-hmm. But I just, it wasn't for me. But I know that that is another iconic film in which he's in. Right. I don't think people think Rick Deckard when they think about about Harrison Ford. I don't think it's that. Maybe it's third. Right. I don't even think it's third though. I think Richard Kimball is probably third. I would think Richard Kimball or uh, Jack Ryan. Which he oh, took over from right. Alec Baldwin. How many movies did he do as Jack Ryan? He was in two. He was in um, Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger. Right. Um, yeah, those movies, like, I feel like all espionage movies to me, they eventually blend together. You could tell me about a sequence and say, this was in The Hunt for Red October. This was in Patriot Games. This was in The Bourne Legacy. And I'd be like, <laughs> sure, that's probably right. I don't know. If but they're I, really fun I, in the moment. I love watching them. Yeah. I don't know if I would agree with that. I would say Hunt for Red October is clearly the best of those of the Jack Ryan films. Right. And they're not all – you know, it's not like all of them are terrible afterwards. But I, while Harrison Ford is very good, mm-hmm. it's, he's not the best Jack Ryan to right. me. I think I liked Alec Baldwin in that role a lot more. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else here? What about Jack Trainer in Working Girl? Uh, I don't th- – I mean – He's just uh, – he's, he's yeah, there. He's great. He's fine. That yeah. movie – you don't watch Working Girl for – you watch Working Girl for Sigourney Weaver and Melanie Griffith. 100%. You don't watch it for um, 100%. Harrison Ford. Then in that, uh, I very briefly want to give uh, a shout-out to the one time he did sort of chameleon himself, which was when he played Branch Rickey in 42. Yeah. That was a good performance. I liked it a lot. Still, it looked like – It's not his movie. It's not I mean, it's movie. the Jackie Robinson story. 100%. We're not going to be talking about Harrison Ford winning the Jackie Robinson movie. Here's a question, though. If you're mm-hmm. looking at an actor's roles. Yeah. Like, if you look at Dame Judi Dench. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare in Love is not her movie, but could you ever leave out her Queen Elizabeth? No. That, but her Queen Elizabeth was either won or was nominated for an Oscar for that. She won. Did she win for that? I think she did win. She was only on, on screen for like eight minutes. Man. And she was at least nominated if she did not win. In my memory, she won because it's such a good performance. But mm-hmm. again, not her movie, but she made an impact. I don't think he makes the same impact in 42. That's true. So I think the the last one that we should really talk about mm-hmm. is President James Marshall, who has been mentioned. Get off my plane. 100%. Yeah. That is uh, – We've talked about him on the show before when we did our Best Presidents episode. We did. And he – it's a great role. Yeah. That might be number three. Because – because he's a man of principle in that. Yes. To a fault, really. Yes. Like with his principle being, I don't negotiate with terrorists. I don't negotiate with terrorists. 
but they've got a gun to your daughter's head. Sorry, honey. I don't negotiate with terrorists. Like <laughs> what a clear for an actor. What a clear through line to have. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I, I'm not going to negotiate. So I have to get my plane back. And the reason I have to get my plane back is because I'm not going to negotiate. And but also the reason also the reason why I'm not going to negotiate is I'm not going to break the precedent that this country has. This is bigger than the people who are captive right. on this plane. Right. Which makes him Oof, and not me, brother. <laughs> no. Me Someone either. had my family, I'd be like, America is in exactly going to negotiate with a terrorist. <laughs> We're gonna do it right now. Until my family is whole again. Just start searching through your, I think I got yeah. like 40 bucks. Yeah, like it's like, like Monty Hall has just asked me to produce a matchbook for him. <laughs> I have a movie pass, but it only lets me see G or PG rated uh, films. No! I have seen Coco too many times. Hey, you can use, uh, my dad and share mom's card if you want. They'll let you see whatever you like and you can. Who is, have- why you call mom by first name? I, it's a whole thing. I'm in therapy for it. It's fine. I have stepmom as well. Oh, really? Yes. Here is your daughter back. Thank goodness. See, we just solved the movie. Yeah, that would have been so much easier. And both of the stepmoms should be named Martha. <laughs> I just realized that that would have really brought sure, it Sure, because of Martha Washington, the first, uh, the first first lady. Yeah, or for Superman versus Batman, the Dawn of Justice, where everything's oh, solved by their mother's right. the same name. Yeah, you were making a reference that my brain did not immediately get. It's okay. I brought that's it That's right. That's the whole thing. That's why he doesn't kill him is because their moms have the same name. Yeah. Batman had to be stopped from killing Superman. Can I tell you something that, I, that I'm not proud of? What? I'm, I know, I know I'm going to get Justice League when it comes out next week for Apple TV and I've seen it mm-hmm. and it's not good. And yet. Like, I'm the person who's responsible for archiving terrible pop culture on mm-hmm. my Apple TV. Yeah, why are you, it. why do you have to do it? Because it's there. Did I, I don't even remember if I saw that one. Well, that was this year. That was this summer. That was, this, the it, was uh, it was in November. November. Oh yeah, no, I didn't see it because I missed, for You're some fine. reason, I missed all the good superhero movies that month. I missed Thor. I didn't oh, see Thor yeah, yet. That comes out in two weeks. I know. I got a, I was, I was checking on it the other day to see when it would come out because yes. I actually went online and went to the MCU page and I was like, all right, what movies have I not seen in a while? Which ones am I missing? And I was like, oh my God, how did I for, totally forgot that I missed Ragnarok? Yeah. I actually, because we're doing a live show on Thursday, mm-hmm. initially I was like, I can't do Thursday. The reason being I had tickets to see Black Panther. Then I got another set of tickets to see Black Panther the next day. Is that night. why you said that you couldn't do the show on that Yes. Night? Is that not good enough? I no, it's the not show. good enough. I'm doing the show. Not, yes, you are doing the show. I moved it. I, I'm very good at prioritizing. <sighs> you prioritize like oh, a Oh, crap. It's my wife's birthday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Han Solo versus Indiana Jones. I'll tell you what. Let's take a break first. Okay. And, and just like Drummer in The Expendables 3 – you will forget all about the thing I just said uh, when you listen to these great ads for other shows on the Max Fun Network. We'll be right back. Bye. See you in a minute. Following the news is hard and it sucks. How do you know which stories are important? Which sources do you trust in this post-truth world of reactionary journalism? I'm Brett Black. And I'm Travis McElroy. And we host a podcast called Trends Like These. We cover trending news stories. We debunk misleading clickbait headlines. And we always try to throw in a little bit of good news. In our quest for truth. So join us every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. 
Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. Okay. All right. Indy versus Han Solo. How do we judge this? Do we have to look at the overall quality of the films in which those characters appear? They're not – well, first no, of all – No, it's not – this isn't about the movies. This is about the characters. Okay, good because then Indiana Jones would lose because Crystal Skull is a pile of dog crap. I See, the thing is – Are you going to defend that? No, movie? I'm not going to defend Crystal Skull as anything, but I'm not going to give it an F. I'm going to give it a C. Really? But the problem is the rest of the movies in that trilogy are two A's and an A minus. Okay. Which one's um, the A minus for you? Temple of Doom. Okay. I just wanted to see um, if we're on the same page there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to hate on it. It was, it was entertaining. It's not great. It's not a great Indiana Jones. I don't consider it a classic Indiana Jones movie. Like if there are going to be four discs in my Indiana Jones box set, it's going to be the old one that's got three discs and then bonus features. Right. You know I, what I mean? But I didn't, I didn't think it was the worst piece of garbage of all time. I think the opening with him in the fridge is ridiculous and hilarious. I've only seen it once. Uh-huh. I, and I was so let down. It's one, I think it might be the last movie I saw in a theater with my mother before she passed away. Well, now. No, no, it's either that or the dark Knight, which I like very much. Okay. But that's not why. Okay. The reason why is that movie every time Every time I thought it was going to make a turn back in the right direction mm-hmm. to feel like the other films I'd seen before mm-hmm. in terms of of him being lucky, he gets lucky a lot. That that's a yeah, that's the character. big that's the one of his big things is he reluctantly stumbles into both danger and luck. Right. But in Crystal Skull, every time where I think it's going to go back into not the formula but the mm-hmm. feel of an of the Indiana Jones films I've seen before, it goes the other way. And for me, it going the other way is to the detriment of the film right. overall. It doesn't ruin the character. Mm-hmm. doesn't ruin my childhood. doesn't ruin All my right. experience of seeing the other three films. But it was a disappointment on a very high level. Let me, let me throw this out there. Since you mentioned the movies themselves, I guess it, it, I, I take back what I said before. It is important to look at them in their context. Um, and because similarly, they've both been in four movies yes. as those characters. Um they uh but looking at them in the context of those movies not whether the movies are better or worse but indiana jones is a more important character to the indiana jones world than han solo is to the star wars world because he's not luke skywalker because he's not luke skywalker he's a sidekick uh or a you know it's not his hero's quest you know what i mean it's not like and, and, and he's always secondary as Han Solo. And then this is, this is outside of the characters themselves. This is just within their stories. Uh, but Indiana Jones, the movies are called Indi- well, except for once they renamed Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Now it's called Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Indiana Jones. So it's like really setting up this hero and his picture is the biggest one on all those vintage posters. 
Shout out to the amazing vintage posters that all of the Indiana Jones movies have. Sure. But they're um, also – those are throwbacks to the 1940s, serials. The yeah. Serials, yeah. He's a serial character. So that the, – the naming conventions even follow right. those rules. But you can't argue that Han Solo is a more important character in those movies than Indiana Jones is in his movies, right? I mean I'd say he's a co-lead I'd say he's a co-lead in those films. His journey, he has the shortest journey. Right. And I think we've talked about yeah. this before. It's, I changed my mind, kid. I came back. Now go get him. But Harrison Ford, uh, I, I mean, Indiana Jones, uh, Harrison Ford, see? I yeah, mixed them up. I know. Indiana Jones, I can't think of a film. I mean, maybe Last Crusade, he's got the most defined arc. Mm-hmm. He's really not, he doesn't go through much of a character arc in, in Raiders. I don't think. Right, because he's already pretty complicated. I and it's think. not what the movie's about. Yeah, right. The movie's not about him uh get it, making this great discovery about himself. It's mm-hmm. a it's a rollicking adventure where he's a he's a college professor who also is a treasure hunter slash preserver. Right. So you know, in that way, he's the he's the lucky academic mm-hmm. who has just enough skills. And knowledge to make it out of any situation that he finds himself in. Right. Really, his brains are his greatest asset. Mm-hmm. I would say that for Han Solo, his bravery mm-hmm. and his and his willingness to follow his gut is his greatest instinct, is right. his greatest uh, strength as a character. Not that he's dumb, but he's not – you have no sense that he's a really learned guy. He's street smarts. He doesn't believe in the force. Right. You know. But before we get into – just to get back to the movies real quick to close yes. that subject yes. out, um, Harrison Ford himself uh, wanted to kill off Han Solo in Return of the Jedi. Right. Uh, did not care to do any Han Solo appearances in the new movies, was coaxed into it, yeah. Was is still interested in Indiana Jones 5. And the reason he gave was that Han Solo's arc is boring. Interesting. I wonder what he thinks Indy's arc is. Really, the the biggest arc he has is is Crusade. Is his is rediscovering Mm -hmm. his relationship with his father. Yeah, that's pretty big. It is. I'm not. I'm not arguing against it. And and Han Solo doesn't have a Mm -hmm. huge arc. I would agree. It's maybe Indy's not about the arc. It's just about the story that you're telling. Right. And Han is, I mean, Indy's a more round. Okay, well, let's go. Okay, let's get away from the movies then. Right now, we're real since it feels like we're that that cross dissolve has happened. Sure. Um, or in the case of uh, the Indiana Jones movies, that shot of the Paramount Mountain has already turned into a shot of some other mountain that is going to blend down. I love that when they do that. That's and, one of my favorite conceits of those movies. And in Star Wars, it's done that secondhand uh, wipe. Yeah, for the screen, exactly. Yeah, uh, it, it turns into another. Uh, they do uh, have both of those movie franchises have cool wipes. transitions. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so let's talk about them as people. Okay. Uh, Han shot first. Okay, he did. He's of course he did. He's a scoundrel. He is. Um, but you're you're right. I think I feel like Indiana Jones though has more virtues than han has his bravery you're right that han's bravery is a virtue his going with his gut instinct his his instincts themselves are virtue are a virtue of his um he ultimately does the right thing uh in coming back around he uh but you look at indy and indy's job is to preserve history 
Sure. Anytime he's going after something, it's never for profit. It's because it belongs in a museum. There is the whole fortune and glory thing in, in Temple of Doom, but maybe that's what makes it an A minus. Right. And in there, he winds up doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. He gets pulled into the Sankara stones, but he's also, he's also extremely loyal to all of his friends, to Brody. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even his friend, who's a name I do not remember from Temple of Doom, who gets killed in the beginning that he's, you know, in the beginning of Temple of at, Doom. Yeah. At, at Club OV1. His friend gets shot when they're oh, trying yeah. to do the when they're trying to uh, rip off the gangster. Right, I don't remember. I don't remember that guy's name. But either. he tries to rip. He tries to rip off Lao Che, so he does have a little bit of. Uh, yeah, but he's ripping stuff. off. Uh, he's ripping off an artifact that Lao Che has stolen. Right. Right. He's gonna return. Yeah. He's never. He's never well, he doing has the it. Diamonds. He got the diamonds right. for for Lao Che. He's never doing things selfishly. I don't think. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's fair. Unless he's drinking blood out of a skull. Then he drinks the blood out of the skull, then he becomes a real jerk. Uh, yeah. But all you have to do is burn him with fire. Yeah. That's easy. Um, but ha- Han is also super loyal. You know, the story of Chewbacca, and I don't know how this is going to play out in Solo, a Star Wars story, mm-hmm. is that Chewbacca was enslaved by the Empire and Han freed him. Mm-hmm. And that's, so, Han's always been a guy who does the right thing. I think he wants you to think he's right. more of a scout. There's a whole theory out there that he's a virgin. <laughs> that he's the guy who's like, I've had plenty of women. I'm sure. very good at it. I'm very good at making love to a woman. And meanwhile, he's never, you know, he's all Well, you go bravado. deep on some of these uh, fan websites, don't you? I do. Well, it's a really interesting theory. It, it is makes, fun, yeah. It makes sense because he talks a big game. He talks about how he's into, into everything for himself. All he wants is the reward money mm-hmm. and he doesn't care about uh, about anything. And then he comes back at the end, not because anybody's asked him to. Right. But because it's the right thing. And he, and he has a really strong conscience. And in the second film – that that's already sh- sort of proved itself to be true. He saves Leia because it's the right thing to do and because he's in love with yeah. her. I'm not saying he's a bad person. No, but I think, he is. I think he wants us to think he's more of a scoundrel than he is. Right. That's fair. He's, he's, he likes that bravado. He's a self-preservationist, but he's, he always talks a bigger game than, than he can provide. Right. And yet when the chips are down, he's the one who takes them into an asteroid field and outwits the empire by, Hiding on a hiding inside of an asteroid and then hiding on the radar dish so they can't uh, mm-hmm. pick him up. Like he's he's full of tricks. I mean, they are they do feel somewhat similar because they get into a lot of adventures. I guess the John Williams music that helps. Sort of pulls you into both. That's yeah. That that to me gives it the most adventure aspect. But I do feel like Indiana Jones is it's always reluctantly. Uh, every time it's just, oh, great. Now I have, this has happened. So I have to do this. He reacts to everything. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't go to, to Venice trying to find the Holy Grail. He's looking for his dad. Right. And he brings the, the Grail, uh, journal with him or the Grail mm-hmm. diary for no reason and then winds up on a treasure hunt, like gets further than his dad did, mm-hmm. which is obviously, I mean, that movie is just, it's wonderful. It's so, so good. And Sean Connery is like the perfect choice to play, uh, his dad. Um, while we're on the subject of dads, sure. Let's talk about fatherhood okay. and these, uh, and these two characters. Who's the better dad? Ugh. Indiana Jones or Han Solo? Well, I mean, one of them, 
one of them uh, fathered the the new leader of the First Order and a very evil mm-hmm. uh, practitioner of the Force, a very powerful Sith mm-hmm. uh, in Kylo Ren. I don't even know if they're Sith anymore now after Last Jedi. They're all Kylos. They call Bunch of There's Kylo Ren, Kylo Sidious, Kylo McLaughlino. <laughs> but What's his name. Oh. <laughs> on the other hand, Indiana Jones kid, raised Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, didn't even raise him. Yeah. Mutt. Yeah, kid's name is Mutt. <laughs> I don't. I don't dislike Shia LaBeouf. Let's just go ahead and say that Harrison Ford does not play great dads. Yeah. He's a better – he's probably – I would say he's a better dad in Indiana Jones because his son doesn't kill him. Yeah. Spoiler alert. It's um, been three years. All right. Let's talk about uh, – let's talk about the hardware. Okay. Um, Han Solo got the vest, got the boots, got the blaster. Yes. Indiana Jones got the hat, got the whip, got the gun. Don't forget the Millennium Falcon. All right. The That's Millennium the Falcon hardware. is the hardware. Sure. I mean, the whip is cool. Certainly the moment in, in Temple of Doom where he goes for his gun and it's not there. The callback mm-hmm. to Raiders is brilliant. But the Millennium Falcon is the greatest piece of hardware either character could be involved with. Yeah. I guess that's true. I'm th- I was just thinking more on their person. Because that, like, if you strip away the tech elements of it. Right. Uh, or the, like, the if, if, if all technology were equal... Indy has uh, Han has a gun, and Indy has a gun, a whip, uh, a gun and a whip. He only has the gun, really, in Raiders. Yeah, he never really uses he, the gun. He loses it in the be- at the mm-hmm. beginning of Temple of Doom. I don't even remember him. I mean, he uses other, which is weird because Temple of Doom takes place before Raiders, time yes. chronologically. I guess he so he gets the gun back somehow. Oh, you know what? That actually makes it brilliant because the first time so- uh, swordsman showed up. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a gun, so he probably makes sure he makes sure that he has it every time after. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when we see him beyond that, he's like using tanks and other mm-hmm. people's weapons. He uses the um, the Luger and shoots through like five Nazis. Is mm-hmm. like, whoa! This is like, what this is a, a great nice gun. gun. This is a really good commercial for the Luger. Um, I mean, you got to take a laser pistol over a whip, even though the whip can, you can swing on things. It's a laser pistol. There's an elegance to that. There's, and maybe that's what it all comes down to to me is brash and brooding and semi one and a half dimensional, not one and a half dimensional. Um, I'll give him more than that. Han Solo. Dimensh, mensch, 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 mensch. Um, versus there's just a certain elegance to Indiana Jones. Okay. That I love. That's why to me it is it was easy. I was like when I looked at these two characters when we I knew that this was the episode we were going to be doing, I immediately thought, "Oh, it's got to be Indiana Jones." And then I started researching it and I'm finding a lot of things. Found that article where Harrison Ford was like, "No, I'll, I'll play Indy again. I don't want to do Han Solo." He's, he's again. a curmudgeon though. I wouldn't I wouldn't personally base it on what he thinks of the characters. Right. Oh, and then you look at the online polls and everyone's like, Han Solo. But I think the people who are more apt to take online polls are more apt to be Star Wars fans. Sure. That's fair. I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm a huge Star Wars fan as well. I think his turn in Empire Strikes Back is is fantastic. Like the acting, Mm -hmm. the quality of acting. Nobody's performance outside of Alec Guinness and 
and maybe even James Earl Jones, maybe not James Earl Jones, and the original Star Wars mm-hmm. is that great could, because George Lucas is directing them. Yeah, and he They're doesn't have the – he's not great with dialogue. Right. Either. Then you have Lawrence Kasdan write a script and Irvin Kirshner come in and say, you know, this is about – I love all the – this is about the characters. This is, that's what he sounds like. Yeah. Uh, when I was asked to direct, I knew it was about <laughs> the characters. So I sat with Mark and Carrie and Harrison and we talked about their relationships and I wanted them to get deep. See? So Empire – that the Empire stepped up the Han Solo game. It it did. It did. The perf- it, But it gives that character a lot more dimension in terms mm-hmm. of who he cares about. You know, the fact that he's willing to sacrifice himself. Sure. After being the ultimate, uh, self-serving guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chewie is, so, is, is a little bit as his Jiminy Cricket. Yes. Um, to ultimately, I, I mean, there's no way to know whether he knew he was going to die in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he was willing to do to walk out that on that thing and talk last, to Kylo, and his last, uh, his last act of life was to brush his son's face and forgive him mm-hmm. before falling to his death. Sure, that's a beautiful moment. That is a beautiful Indiana moment. Jones is constantly sacrificing himself, but he just happens to never die from it <laughs> because his luck will save him. I just, um, I just want to point out, you know, when we say one and a half, two, like. We need to look a little deeper into. All those right, films I didn't mean to insult. To, to get there. I didn't no, mean to I'm, insult I'm not, Han Solo. I've, I'm not hurt at all. I just don't um, want. I don't want us to come out of this whatever we decide and right. be like, well, you didn't really look at. You just sort of went by surfacey stuff instead of digging right. in a little bit more. The idea that Indiana Jones is willing to let go of the ultimate prize mm-hmm. for his father, he's able to make the correct choice that other people aren't able to make. That speaks a lot about his character. The fact that he's willing to, I mean, it's no willing to. They have to, they were going to have him go, yep, let him die. I'm not going to go find yeah. that grail. Uh, but the fact that he's able to get it because he's driven by caring for his father and, mm-hmm. and knowing it's the only way to save his life certainly speaks well to Indy. He is a womanizer. Hansel yeah. does not, Han see, Solo this is, I was going to, I was going to say, uh, you bring that up almost like it's a negative. I was going to say, Indiana Jones has a little bit of scoundrel in him too with uh his dating life. But he seems to leave a trail of like he was dating uh Marion when she was way well, too you don't, young. You don't see what the was she way too young? They talk about it like she was a student Well, he, yeah. she her father was like Indy's mentor. But there it never seems like he's just breaking hearts and leaving people. It's just a different uh, he just has a different love interest in every movie. Yeah. It's not they never say why things ended. And he gets seduced in Last Crusade. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think that's fun. That's a fun element. Give it make him a lover. You know what I mean? Because here's a guy who I th- just think he's way more interesting and way more well-rounded. You have a college professor who is going on endless adventures around the world, always for good reasons. He has friends on every continent. Uh, because they like him genuinely and they care about him and what he does and, uh, they think that he's on the right side of things. He, he, until the fourth movie, which you're disregarding, yes. there's no I'm settling. disregarding Henry. There's, Jones. <laughs> there's, you know what? He's got a great butt though. So don't disregard Heine. I would never disregard um, Heine, please. Uh, until the fourth movie where he ultimately marries Marion. 
Um, he, yeah, he has his fun. He, but he's, he's also a super genius. I think that in life, Indiana Jones would get a hell of a lot farther than Harris, than, uh, there, now I'm doing it. Um, than Han Solo would. Han Solo would be in jail. I'm sorry. I'm not listening to you because I'm just imagining every Harrison Ford movie poster with a butt. <laughs> well, what I said was a sound argument in favor of Indiana Jones being the ultimate winner. Like the original Star Wars poster? Oh, my God. You know how you know, Darth Vader Listeners, goes- Hal, I've never seen Hal's face in such a pure, I can't, all I'm going to do is giggle now mode. Darth Vader's in the background. But if that was a butt... And then six days, seven nights, he's dragging a butt away from the wreckage of a plane. (laughs) (sighs) And witness it would be an Amish butt. How? It's Indiana Jones. People of the world, like a bad penny, he always turns up. Indiana Jones is the greatest role. Uh, Star Wars movies are iconic, no doubt. Mm -hmm. They're iconic. And and it's an iconic role. This is one in 1A is what we're talking about here. But that that role is him carrying an entire movie by himself. Uh, not by himself. I mean, he's got great support. Karen Allen. You can't have Raiders of the, Lo- of the Lost Ark without Karen right. Allen. That it's is, not Raider of it's the not Lost Raider. Ark. They're, they're together Raiders. And mm-hmm. Sala as well. Sure. Um, but the what that role has become and the journeys that that character has been on do make it his greatest role in a career filled with iconic roles. You know, th- there were ones here that we didn't even mention. I know all you Ender's Games fans really wanted us to talk about Colonel Hiram Graff. Mm-hmm. Too bad. And all those Mosquito Coast fans wanted us to talk about Colonel Hiram Mosquito Coast. That's right. All you K-19 The Widowmaker fans that wanted us to talk about Alexei Vostrelkov. Vostrelkov? Do you have Vostrelkov? <laughs> Instead of a... Submarine was a butt. Can we just wrap this up? Can we just wrap this butt? This topic is closed, <laughs> asked and answered, but there are many more topics, so please reach out to us uh, if you have a topic, or much butt. the way Brian Wallace, if you have a butt, like Brian Wallace, I'm certain has a butt. Yep. Uh, Brian Wallace, let us know if you have a butt or not. Um, if you have a topic, please reach out to us with your topics. We can be found uh, on the Maximum Fund subreddit or on Twitter at We Got This Tweets. Or you can email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com. I can't stop thinking about the butt posters. I know. Hashtag butt posters, everybody. Uh, you can also go to our Facebook group where I'm sure we're all going to be talking about what uh, Harrison Ford movie posters sorely need a butt the most. Uh, ap- apoc- a butt calypse now. <laughs> he was in that one. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, who is free and clear of this one, so don't blame her if you're mad. <laughs> Graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thank you, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, our listeners. We would go on any adventure with you anywhere around the world or the galaxy. And we would take a photo with you on that adventure. And when we develop that photo later, we would look and there'd be a great big butt in the foreground. <laughs> For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. And don't worry, everybody. We got but- this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.